0: Thanks for checking out the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprint. Police continue to mourn the death of an OPP constable in Hagersville. More Sunwing travelers are telling their travel horror stories. How do pro football players cope when their teammates are seriously injured on the field? Ontario pharmacists have new responsibilities, and Rolling Stone's list of the 200 best singers does not include a Canadian icon. The GMH podcast starts now.
1: This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. Officer is only on scene for a very short period of time. I can tell you that the officer was essentially ambushed and stood absolutely no chance
0: of being able to defend himself. Uh, the motives behind that, the circumstances, the timing of which are all part of the active ongoing investigation. Welcome back to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. That is the voice of OPP Commissioner Thomas Caric on the show. Death of Constable Greg Pirschala in Hagersville last month. Uh, The funeral for the 28 year old officer will begin at 11 this morning in Barrie. It's not open to the public, but you will be able to live stream it on the OPP's main social media accounts. And Constable Pirschala's death has really capped off a particularly difficult year for police in this country especially here in ontario a handful of officers were killed in the line of duty in 2022 john sarasillo is the president of the opp association and joins us now on good morning hamilton on 900 chml john good morning good morning how are you and your members holding up
2: well we're we're definitely devastated by the loss of our 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 member Uh, you know always uh you know, not anticipated, Uh, yes, our job comes with risks, but, uh, you know, to be very blunt with you, and I think you just hit it on the head there, that we have had some unprecedented times in policing over the last four months. We've had five officers killed across the nation, four in Ontario, and to be blunt and direct, uh, those five officers uh, were murdered.
0: And, and with these stories, and in particular Constable Pirshalla, because his funeral is today, what makes this one even more tragic is that, you know, he he had just passed his probation period with the OPP. He was, he was only 28, looked like he had a great career ahead of him. What does an incident like this, how does it impact police officers? When you're dealing with not only Constable Pirshalla's death, but as you mentioned, five across Canada, four in Ontario, this must weigh on you.
2: Yes, it does. Uh, we're, we're very concerned over this. And it's for a multitude of reasons, which, you know, I think that's for another day. Uh, we will have further discussions with government officials uh, with reference those concerns. But for police officers across Canada, um, these are unprecedented times. And I can speak for our officers, and we represent uh, approximately 5,500 uniform uh, officers working the road. Um, that, you know, each officer now attending scenes um, has uh, an increased uh, awareness uh, uh, going to these scenes. Um, like, like I said, these uh, incidents were not in the heat of the moment. And especially in this one, uh, we deal with uh, cars in the ditch on a multitude. <laughs> During a snowstorm, we'll, we'll deal with hundreds of accidents And we're just there to help the public and get them, uh, you know, to a place of safety. And this occurs.
0: John Sarasulo is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. John is the president of the OPP Association as we all prepare for the 11 o'clock funeral today for OPP Constable Greg Piershala, who was gunned down in Hagersville uh, just a week or so ago while just assisting someone who we thought was in trouble after crashing into a ditch uh, down in the Hagersville area, and was sadly uh, murdered by uh, one or both of the suspects. So we don't know the details on what happened or the motive. That investigation is continuing. Does this lead to any change in how police approach these situations?
2: Well, well there'll be an increase in awareness uh, for all police officers. Uh, um, you know, complacency uh, is not something that we, we, we like. Uh, We have to be aware and and be aware of the situation and and the surroundings and the environment that we're dealing with. Uh, And it's just changing times. Like I said, in the last four months, we've had five officers murdered. Um, That's unprecedented uh, as far as I'm concerned. In 27 years uh, of policing, um, you know, uh, this is something that I haven't seen. Uh, Maybe in one incident, we've seen five five officers killed uh, back in the day. Uh, That's in the heat of the moment uh, type incident, right? These are, like, I don't want to say unprovoked, but, uh, you know, generally these are just officers attending general assistance calls.
0: Yeah, it certainly makes it that much more shocking, that is for sure. I I know that police officers are always on guard, and when these situations occur, uh, my guess is this is, uh, you know, an extra tax on their mental health, because now they're always thinking about the what-ifs
2: absolutely uh it does impact mental health um and when we're talking about these fallen heroes um it affects family friends colleagues and when i say colleagues uh, the people that they worked with it has a huge effect on them so you know we have to our job as an association and all associations is to promote health and safety of our officers and that equates to public safety so you know, that plays on everyone's mind uh, on the, the go forward.
0: One of the two accused was out on bail, and I'm not sure how deep into the weeds you want to get into this, but we, it seems that we have to change our bail system. Is that something that the association is promoting to say, hey, we need we need some reform here?
2: Absolutely. Uh, it's something that we are going to discuss in the future with uh, the Canadian Police Association, the Police Association of Ontario, as well as the Toronto Police Association. Those are the the big associations nationally, um, and and we're going to collaborate and bring the issues forward and discuss those at the right time uh, in the very near future.
0: John, it is a a tough day for police officers everywhere, particularly here in Ontario. We really appreciate you taking some time out to talk with us this morning.
2: Thank you. That's John
0: Sarasulo. You too. That's John Sarasulo, president of the OPP. Association. Again, the funeral for 28 year old OPP Constable Greg Pirschala, who was gunned down in Hagersville last month, is going to begin at 11 this morning in Barrie. Uh, it's not open to the public. You can live stream it on the main social media accounts that the OPP have. Really a sad and somber day and un- unfortunate. And for many officers out there, incredibly scary. Well, here was an officer who was just. Helping, thinking he was helping, right? A vehicle in the ditch, it's a snowstorm. I'm going to go help this motorist and he gets shot. Uh, The two suspects have been charged with first degree murder. And uh, the investigation, as I said, is going to continue.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900
3: CHML. I do hope that there will be a threat of legal actions against Sunwing. I do look forward to this. I would even hope for seeing a class action because there has to be a message to all airlines, to all businesses actually in Canada, that this is not an acceptable way of doing business in Canada.
0: Welcome back to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with you. That is the voice of Gabor Lukacs, a president of the Air Passenger Rights Advocacy Group. We spoke to him on Good Morning Hamilton about an hour ago. Yesterday, we had on air Beverly Levesque, a Brantford woman who encountered issues flying with Sunwing Airlines in and out of Hamilton's airport to the sunny south. And we're hearing really a litany of horror stories involving travel with Sunwing and other airlines as well. Southwest, WestJet, whatever the case is, it has not been smooth flying, I guess, for many, Uh, including our next guest, Global News journalist Saba Aziz, also impacted over the holidays. Saba is a national online journalist here at Global News and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Saba, good morning. Welcome back to the show.
4: Hey, good morning, Rick. Uh, Happy New Year. Thanks so much for for having me on your show. Happy
0: New Year to you. You tweeted on Monday, quote, terrible first experience taking Sunwing. From flight delays and lost luggage to lack of communication and accountability, it was not the winter getaway we planned and paid for. Everything could have gone wrong, went wrong. What happened?
4: Uh, Yeah, so I guess as we've been hearing countless stories of the past week or so, um, like many others, so we traveled over the Christmas holidays um, on Christmas Day, actually. And uh, first time taking Sunwing, we had a trip a planned, a week-long trip planned for Cuba. Um, so it started off bumpy, right? You know, a 10-hour delay. Um, they had to do a couple of trips uh, back and forth to Toronto Pearson. And there was just mass chaos and, and confusion about the luggage um, when we were checking in. And at that point, you know, we... Had our luggage tags, um, you know, put on the put on the suitcases, and we were sent off to board our flight um, with no indication that they were, you know, encountering issues. There might be delays. So once we get to to our destination at Baradero, um, you know, we're waiting to collect our luggage, and we find out that. The Sunwing boarded an entire plane of passengers uh, without any any luggage um, on the plane, and pretty much you know, everybody was like at that point you know distraught and kind of just you know panicking because there were families with kids, people had you know medicines that they needed. Um, so it was it's kind of you know taken aback at that point and, and not the best start to to a holiday that we were so certainly looking forward to. So so
0: hold on here. Here's an entire plane filled with people and no luggage.
4: Not a single suitcase, you know, we were waiting at the castle. you know, kind of waiting and, you know, after, you know, sometimes those things take time and, you know, we were wondering, you know, where are the suitcases? And then we find out that, you know, you could just report a lost and found sort of uh complaint at the at the airport. And it was kind of, you know, in a foreign country, trying to navigate the language issues. So at that point, you know, we just made our way to the next, you know, the resort that we were at, you know, hoping that, at some point during our trip, we would be reunited with our with our belongings. But um, three days went by. You know, there was no communication, nothing, uh, no update, and and we get an email from Sunwing telling us that um, there were some belt issues at Terminal Three at Toronto Pearson, and that the luggage would not be coming, and we just have to collect it once we once we return to Toronto.
0: So when you were in Cuba, you had to buy all new things, or at least clothes to wear for the week
4: absolutely yeah um so the resort we were at you know limited options obviously um you know we we made the best out of uh you know the situations that we were under um had to take a taxi to the capital havana so you know we got we bought all the essentials a little bit you know that we could um out of our own pocket at that time had our receipts so the email did indicate that you know you could um, you know, uh, we'd get reimbursed up to $450 per person um, for whatever um, uh, purchases we do make uh, as a result of not having our, our luggage there. And then a day later, um, they sent out another email uh, sort of clarifying you know, no mention of the 450 uh US dollar amount and just saying um, they would, the compensation would be for any reasonable expenses. So, um, so that's where where we're at. We didn't end up, um, you know, submitting a complaint on Monday night, um, got an automated acknowledgement um, and a ticket number. But there have there has been no updates since.
0: Wow. Saba Aziz, national online journalist with Global News, recapping a horror story traveling with Sunwing Airlines down to Cuba. You get back to Toronto. There's also a delay in getting your luggage, which I guess was just at Pearson all this time.
4: Yeah, so we, um, you know, we landed at a little after uh, midnight on New Year's Eve and um, the the baggage department was only open from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. There was also some miscommunication around, you know, those hours and whether it was Monday to Friday. Um, Anyways, we make another trip to the airport. Um, uh, This was their baggage department and so many people in line, you know, just waiting, um, uh, you know, to collect their luggage. It was a three-hour wait for us um, because apparently these suitcases were sort of spread out over different locations. They would take your information. You would identify what kind of, you know, um, the color of, of the suitcase and any other um, identifying uh, factors. And, and yeah, it, it was kind of, some people made it out in, in, in short time, but yeah, for us, it was a bit of a longer wait. So yeah, not not the not the best start to the year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we only got about 30 seconds. Um aside from the hassle and the headache and the anguish of going back and forth to the airport wondering where your suitcase is how much money are you out in terms of buying things traveling all that kind of stuff
4: um to just to kind of uh recollect i think obviously you know we were paid for the whole trip uh that cost you know a little over two thousand dollars and then i think out of our pocket uh there's some the the, the complete name that we submitted um, total up to, uh, I want to say, over 600 uh, US dollars. Wow.
0: Saba, really appreciate your time today. Uh, hopefully your next trip goes much, much smoother. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Saba Aziz is a national online journalist with Global News. Uh, one heck of a horror story involving Sunwing Airlines. If you have one, hey, share it with me. You can send me an email, rick at 900chml.com. Or send me a text at 905-645-3221.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: All those passengers who've been flying with Sunwing Airlines and, well, a number of other carriers over the holiday season because, as you've probably heard by now, they've endured uh, delays and postponements, cancellations, a whole lot of headaches, that is for sure. Here to talk about it is Gabriel Lukacs. He's the president of the Air Passenger Rights Advocacy Group and he joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Gabber, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Your reaction to what we have been seeing over the last, I guess, couple of weeks now involving primarily Sunwing Airlines,
3: but some other air carriers as well. What's going through your mind? What we are seeing is just the evidence and the consequence of the systemic lack of enforcement uh, we have been cautioning about for a long time in Canada
0: and that lack of enforcement because you know airports and airlines this is a federally regulated industry we haven't really seen anything from the federal government other than you know a couple of statements on social media from transport minister Omar Al-Gabra saying hey we got to fix this apart from that we're not even we're not seeing any action
3: we're not seeing any action we have not even heard a real firm uh statesperson like statement from Minister Al-Gabra. Just out of the border, they had a major meltdown at uh, Southwest Airlines. And just listen to what the U.S. Secretary of Transport, Mr. Buttigieg, had to say. He was stern, he was firm, he sent a two-page letter which he published. And that letter is how, in my view, a statesperson responsible minister speaks and acts. None of this has been happening in Canada. The cabinet could actually issue marching orders to the federal regulator, the Canadian Transportation Agency, to start enforcing properly the law. They could also make some uh, interim measures uh, if there is significant risk of disruption of air travel in Canada. Those powers do exist under the Canada Transportation Act, but the government is simply not interested in protecting passengers. They're more concerned about the airline's bottom line.
0: One of the big issues involving Sunwing, at least, I'm not sure if this was the case for places like, uh, or companies like WestJet or, or Southwest, was the miscommunication or really non-communication with
3: a, with a lot of travelers, which is unacceptable. That's correct. Under the Air Passenger Protection Regulation, the airline is required to provide alternate transportation, even if we're talking about a uh, allegedly weather-related cancellation, which, by the way, I don't believe this is true in Sunwing's case, and regular updates to passengers. None of that was happening. And um, that is, in a way, surprisingly more upsetting people than just being stranded, just being kept in a limbo.
0: Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Gabor Lukács, the president of the Air Passenger Rights Advocacy Group. You can find them online at airpassengerrights.ca. Another big sticking point was refunds or vouchers. Uh, You know, Sunwing was offering, I think it was $600 to individuals, and then they upped the ante because there was an outcry that it just wasn't enough. Talk to us about refunds and vouchers and all those payments that airlines are having to make because they continue to goof up.
3: Okay, so uh, that debacle was about baggage delay.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: When your baggage is delayed, the airline owes passengers compensation for expenses damages a passenger incur, typically interim purchases they make up to 2300 million dollars per passenger. something was trying to circumvent that obligation by telling people we are going to give you a maximum of450 US dollars. That was illegal. The law says that such restrictions are non-void and that's why the outright happened. Sunwing is also owing passengers most likely compensations for the cancellation and delays of the flights up to $500 per passenger and also for meals and accommodation passengers have had to pay for while their flights were canceled and delayed because these were all within Sunwing's control, to the best of my knowledge.
0: Another part of this story, and certainly anyone listening out in Saskatchewan, if they're listening online or through our Radio Player Canada app, uh, will be uh, irate because Sunwing basically said, we're not flying back to Saskatchewan until February. Uh, and anyone who you know went to Cuba or Mexico, whatever the case was, from Saskatchewan, they're being flown into places like Calgary and then having
3: to drive back home. How, how can Sunwing get away with this? They cannot and they should not. They should be facing some significant consequences for that. Um, the law is that if the airline cannot transport a passenger back themselves to they' where the passenger is supposed to fly, they have to buy them and take it on another airline. That is not Canadian law per se. It's international law. It's part of the Montreal Convention and the existing body of case on it, which was in a past recognized by the federal regulator a number of years ago. But of course, now they want to prefer, they prefer not to talk about it. Um, the, what I, what I'm, clear on is that uh if passengers choose to get an ticket on the other airline or if they drive home, uh, get home somehow, Sunwing will be on the hook for those expenses. Also, for passengers who have not left yet but now are without air transportation because Sunwing just unilaterally canceled those flights, passengers can go out and buy tickets on different airlines and then make Sunwing pay for it. And I would urge passengers to hold Sunwing accountable for it. Uh, it, it is a, a kind of bad business practice that can and should be stopped by passengers holding the airline accountable time after time and making the airline pay the bill.
0: Yeah, there's so many stories of frustrated uh, air travelers uh, saying the heck with Sunwing because we're not getting the answers that we are looking for. We're just going to book a flight home and then, uh, you know, we'll just swallow that bill. But obviously they can take Sunwing to court and, you know, take, take some legal action. Are you expecting a flood of legal action to be taken against this airline?
3: Uh, passengers should not just just buy the expense or buy the bullet. It, it is it is an expense that Sunwing will have to pay for. And I do hope that there will be a flood of legal actions against Sunwing. I do look forward to this. I would even hope for seeing a class action because there has to be a message to all airlines, to all businesses actually in Canada, that this is not an acceptable way of doing business in Canada. We all understand that every airline, every company wants to make a profit. But uh, shortchanging your customers, shortchanging Canadians is not a legitimate way to compete, to do business in a capitalist society.
0: Well said. We'll have to leave it there, Gabor. Really appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Gabor Lukacs is the president of the Air Passenger Rights Advocacy Group.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: Big news, of course, in the National Football League this week. CPR administered by... The medical personnel on the field, it was feverish. Players, some were watching, some were turned away. Most were in shock. We saw players crying. It is just stunning. That is Joe Buck on Monday Night Football on ESPN describing the scene after Buffalo Bill safety DeMar Hamlin collapsed after making a tackle in the first quarter. Some doctors now believing that Hamlin may have suffered rare heart trauma. His uncle confirms that Hamlin was resuscitated twice after the tackle, once on the field and again after he was brought to a hospital in Cincinnati. One of the many questions that we're asking out loud is how do professional athletes, in this case pro football players, deal with this kind of on-field trauma? Our next guest suffered uh, an injury himself when he was playing for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, saw other teammates and other players suffer serious injuries as well. I want to pick his brain on what was going through his mind during his playing days. Peter Dykowski, former All-Star offensive lineman with the Tiger Cats, joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Peter, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Your reaction to what we all saw on Monday night?
5: It, that, that's a tough tough situation for anyone to watch, but especially.
0: I think we lost Peter. Peter, you're cutting in and out. We'll give you a quick uh, phone call yeah. here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHM. I think he's in the the Zoom abyss, <laughs> which some people get caught up in. But this was, as as Peter was mentioning, a very serious situation. I mean, here's an individual who's 24, obviously physically fit. He's playing in the NFL, makes a routine tackle. There was no you know uh added velocity or verocity to this tackle it was a routine kind of takedown he stands up and then a second or two later collapses on onto his back and is out and as i mentioned had to be resuscitated twice and uh, we got Peter Dykowski back on the air with us uh Peter I was just asking you about your reaction you were saying that it was a very difficult situation w- when you see other teammates hurt back in the day or yourself get, gets hurt, what's going through your mind psychologically in, in terms of trying to cope with what you're dealing with?
5: Well, with, with any injury, most of them a lot less serious. Well, all of them a lot less serious than this one. All the guys on the field, the teammates and the opponents, take a knee. And that's a, a you know, sign of honor, solidarity. A lot of guys are saying a prayer for the guy who's down, we all feel that we're in the the same boat. That could have been you know any one of them is the, the feeling, the the thought that goes through their minds. They want to see that player get up and walk off the field. And, and you know sometimes sometimes they don't. Uh, every now and again you'll see a, a guy helped off the field. Sometimes the cart I had to ride the cart off the field with the gray cut back in 2013.
6: I ruptured my patellar
5: tendon. And that's about three three of those a year in the whole CFL. And that's, that's something that that, that does happen. This, this doesn't happen. You never see CPR on a, on a football field. The one that comes to mind is maybe a quarter century ago, Chris Prawler took a puck right in the
0: chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christian Eriksen back a couple of years ago at the European Soccer Championship collapsed suddenly and um, had to be resuscitated on the field, was brought to the hospital. That game was postponed. I, th- I thought the NFL did the right call in postponing or suspending Monday night's game. Um, as a pro football player, when you're seeing these injuries week in and week out, because there's injuries in every game, does that weigh on you week to week, or do you just kind of throw it on the back burner and not think about it?
5: Well, when you're young, you think you're invincible. And even though you see the injuries going on around you, you think that's not going to happen to me. And, you know, with this kind of injury, that's a really fair assumption to make because it is so there, but that's what it's important to have. Real meaningful safety measures in place in sport. That's why we have leagues that are really paying attention to this, but especially players' associations that have been paying attention to player safety, you know, for decades now. We've seen great strides in in safety in in the game. When you're young, you don't think they're going to get hurt, so you need to have someone else looking out for you.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, Peter. Uh, thanks for your time today. Thanks for sharing uh, your insight and uh, your past uh, injury status and all the emotions that went along with it. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day.
5: Thank you very much. You too. And, and hopefully, we see Demar Hamill make a full recovery. It's funny. you know. This is he might not play football again, but hopefully, he he makes a full recovery and his family gets him back at the very least.
0: That would be great news.
5: Thanks, Pete. Thank you.
0: Peter Dykowski, former offensive lineman with the Tiger Cats, uh, yeah, suffered a pretty nasty knee injury himself and did come back to play, but obviously his teammates were affected by that. That happened in the great cup. Um, Yeah, our thoughts and prayers with DeMar Hamlin and his family for sure.
1: You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: New responsibilities for Ontario pharmacists. You probably heard as of Sunday, they now have the power to prescribe treatments for conditions like hemorrhoids or pink eye and all you need to do is bring your health card to a participating pharmacy the provincial government says the program is going to free up doctors to treat more complex medical conditions it sounds like a good plan but is it bupinder nagra is a pharmacist and associate owner at shoppers drug mart here in hamilton and joins us now on good morning hamilton bupinder good morning how are you today
7: Good morning. Thank you. How are you? I'm
0: good. How do you feel about having these new responsibilities?
7: I am very excited. It's an exciting time for Ontarians too. It, it, it is something that uh, frees up the doctors and customers. They save a lot of time, come to the pharmacy, give us the health card. We go through uh, some questions, right? And uh, we can really treat them for some of the minor ailments, which is really huge for the Ontario pharmacists and both for the Ontarians as well.
0: Have some people already come into your pharmacy to ask about
7: this? Absolutely. Eight o'clock, January 2nd, when we opened first day on the New Year's Day. Um, we got calls right at 8.30 a.m. in the morning and people are coming. So today we are going into the third day. It's already on.
0: We've heard from doctors and nurses throughout the COVID-19 pandemic saying they're burned out having to deal with COVID cases and staffing shortages over the last couple of years. Are pharmacists burned out too? Because you've been asked to do a lot as well.
7: Yes. Um, yeah, it, it's more of a capacity issue, right? So everybody was totally, um, we had to do much more than we ever did, right? So doctors are for sure, the nurses and the pharmacists as well, right? So, but it's also improved us in terms of our efficiency, the number of vaccines we did, right? So, right now, with all those, all that we, we conquered in two years, we are, we are like more um, eager to take on stuff and we can do more for Ontarians.
0: Ontario pharmacists also began prescribing the COVID-19 treatment, Paxlovid. Uh, pharmacists were certainly, as you and I both know, on the front lines of delivering COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, Absolutely. Ph- pharmacists have been at the forefront in helping out um, Ontario and Canada's beleaguered healthcare system. The question is, is there more that you guys can do?
7: Um, Seems like... Uh, the, the way the practice is expanding right now, right? So right now we are really using our skills, our uh, knowledge of the drugs, right? With the Paxlovid and the vaccines and this minor ailments is taking it to the next level. And I think uh, we, we feel in the right spot right now.
0: Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML is Bupinder Nagra, a pharmacist and associate owner at Shoppers Drug Mart here in Hamilton. One of the big stories that has erupted over the last couple of months, at least, is the shortage of fever-reducing medication, both for kids and now adults. We're seeing some empty shelves there, too. Do you have an update on on what's going on, what's happening, and what's on the horizon?
7: It's getting better, actually. You're getting some supplies from the U.S., so it's getting more consistent. So we have some um, uh, fever ailments like Tylenol and Advil. It's showing up more often than in the last month or two. How con- It's getting better now.
0: Yeah. How concerned were you when you were looking at the shelves thinking, geez, we need some Tylenol or Advil or whatever the case was? Oh,
7: absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a huge concern, especially when um, uh, mothers come, right? Little children, infants, right? They have nothing. So it was a huge concern. But Luckily for the last um, few weeks, it's been it's been getting better. So we now stock more on the pharmacy side so that whenever somebody comes asking for it, at least we can provide one bottle to one parent.
0: That is great news. Bupinder, really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for joining us and good luck with these new responsibilities.
7: Thank you very much for having me. Have a great day.
0: You too. Bupinder Nagra is a pharmacist and associate owner at Shoppers Drug Mart in Hamilton. As you heard, uh, they can now prescribe... Treatments for conditions like urinary tract infections, uh, pink eye, hemorrhoids, really these, I don't want to call them minor ailments, but less serious, less complex medical conditions than you would normally go to the doctor for. And we know a lot of people don't have a family doctor. And so they have to go to a walk-in clinic. But now they can also go to a pharmacy to say, hey, this is what's happening with me. What's my avenue of getting better? It's, I think, a pretty good program in terms of freeing up some space for those physicians and allowing pharmacists to do what they do best and diagnose and treat individuals for
1: these uh, minor ailments. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML.
0: Well, I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. According to Rolling Stone magazine, Celine Dion, the Canadian icon, is not among the 200 best singers of all time not not even cracking the top 200 it has left many absolutely furious well including myself really that Celine Dion has been left off this top 200 best singers list here to chew on it is Eric Alper publicist music
6: commentator friend of the show Eric good morning how are you good morning and don't forget number 201 on the list (laughs) <laughs> Who is that?
0: She might be 201 on the list.
6: Uh, I might be 201 on the list. You <laughs> might be 201 on the list. We'll never know. No. But that's what happens when you start assigning numbers to people as opposed to just listing them because you don't want to offend. Well, Rolling Stone magazine, it seems, has just offended an entire country and fake Canadians around the world. Do you think they just forgot about her? No, I think what happened was, honestly, um, l- 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 being a publicist, I think this is really what happened. I think she's somewhere in, like, the 40s, and then somebody in the Rolling Stone marketing department said, you know what would be really great is if we left somebody off the list, Oof. and um, let's leave Celendia on off of it. Um the Rolling Stone magazine has had a weird relationship with her um th- if you go back into the record reviews, she has never received more than two out of five stars for any of her albums um she's so emblematic of the era that they despise. It was the era of Michael Bolton uh Kenny G mm-hmm. um Chalene, artists that were selling tens of millions of copies around the world and in fact Shalen ended up, you know now selling about 220 million copies um and, and albums uh and singles um and Rolling Stone magazine despised it and in fact a lot of magazines from the time like Blender um uh Interview magazine Mojo Q in the UK they never really gave these people respect and so whenever they put a list out like this and you know they kind of go for A little bit of the cool factor a lot more than people realize um, that's where you end up with a list like this.
0: Rolling Stone also did something similar back in 2008. They had a top 100 singers list, and Celine Dion was also not on that one as well. Aretha Franklin was number one on that list and is number one on this list of the top 200. Is that the correct choice?
6: Yes, uh, the, Aretha just built the house for everybody else to live in. Um, when you go through the the one through ten with Aretha and Whitney, uh, Sam Cooke, Billy Holiday, Mariah Carey, Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, Beyonce, Otis Redding, and Al Green, they all come from pretty much the South. They all come from the world of gospel uh, and R and B, but. Aretha Franklin literally just built the entire structure for everybody else. No knock against Billy Holiday that obviously came before her, but Aretha uh was just coming from a, a different place and and just sung everything perfectly. Um, and whatever she managed to sing, whether it was pop or rock or blues or soul or, or jazz or RB, um, she was the best at it. Um, it's interesting because I had those issues growing up as a teenager of the best singers of all all time or the best the 500 best albums of all time and it's interesting that the the more that they do these lists and the the current they get um the more diverse they become um Celia Cruz the salsa queen is number 18 on the list um there's a lot of world music and global music stars on this list. There's a lot of there's a handful of K-poppers from BTS and other groups on this list. That would have never happened in 2008. In fact, it didn't. It was filled with a lot of old white males in rock bands because that was just what Rolling Stone's audience was.
0: Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900CHML is Eric Alper, publicist and music commentator. We're discussing Rolling Stone magazine's list of 200 best singers of all time, and Canadian Celine Dion is not on the list. You mentioned Whitney Houston. She is second on the list, and probably rightfully so. Although when you look back to 2008's list of the top 100, she was
6: 34th. Yeah, I love love reading. I love kind of going back and seeing who kind of went up and who kind of went down. Um, John Lennon is number 12. Paul McCartney, though, um, surprising, is number 26. I think they were both in the top 10 last time, which, um, you know, when you take a look at somebody like a Whitney Houston and the power of the influence of a singer like that, you know, what Rolling Stone's criteria is, is that they... Uh, they measured as much as they could originality, um, influence, the depth of an artist's catalog, their mu- their their musical legacy. Um, Winnie Houston has kind of increased all of that thanks to, I think, artists like Olivia Rodrigo, uh, Dua Lipa, Billie Eilish, Today's pop stars all simply having Whitney Houston albums in their collection growing up or becoming when they were teenagers. I mean, they're all teenagers still, but, you know, those three artists specifically wanted to sound like Whitney Houston in the same way that, you know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, everybody wanted to sound like Christina Aguilera. Uh, Another
0: snub on the list, Tony Bennett, which is kind of a
6: surprise. Yeah, Tony Bennett was a surprise to me, too, um, considering that they when Tony announced his retirement, at least from the live show a couple of years ago, it was really big news. And a lot of the writers of Rolling Stone magazine grew up in an era that Tony suddenly became cool in his seventh decade decade thanks to MTV Unplugged, that show that he performed on that just brought him to a whole new era. And I was surprised that, you know, Johnny Cash got the respect that he deserved but Tony Bennett hasn't and I, I'm I'm a little curious to know why. Um, you know who else isn't on the list I was surprised at? Pink isn't on this list. Um, Bruno Mars isn't on this list and you know angering the entire Alper household here um, <laughs> Phil Collins isn't on this list. Oh my list. gosh. And so you know Boo on Rolling Stone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A big, uh, big, fat (laughs) double thumbs down from uh, you and I, Eric. Uh, Really appreciate your time. Thanks for chewing on this with us.
6: Thank you so much for having me. We'll talk soon.
0: As Eric Alper, publicist and music commentator, uh, who knows, the next time Rolling Stone does this list, perhaps...